okay, this could be one of those ones that don't bloody record. I've been messing about with my computer settings, and I don't know, weird stuff's happening because I keep changing microphones and stuff. So hopefully I won't say something profound and then it not record properly. More than likely you are hearing this and it'll just be the usual crap. So, batten down the hatches. Not under attack or anything like that. Not that you're really worried. But I wanted to talk protection. Protection magic. Defensive magic. And it's fucking difficult, I tell you. Because where do you go with talking about magical protection and protection magic? Because it's, it is, it's just, it's moves and counter moves, right? That's the problem. You could learn a lot about defensive forms of magic, and you could learn all these stereotypical ways of defending yourself and protecting your home and all of that sort of stuff. But ultimately, it doesn't really mean anything. It's not like it's going to be something that isn't going to be able to be defeated. You're not going to create some sort of ritual or block or anything like that that realistically cannot in any way, shape or form be overcome. So really what we're talking about when it comes to defense and protection is we have to think logically. Okay. So I'm going to boil protection down into two different types, okay, protection. What we have is we have defense from an attack. So you're talking about defending yourself from a purposeful attack by a person or a thing, right? That'd be number one. Number two, we're talking about personal protective equipment, PPE, like you have on building sites, right? So realistically, you're talking about protecting yourself from an environment or health and safety, okay? Hygiene, all of these sorts of protective kind of things. So the difference here is that with the first one, when we're talking about defending yourself from an attack, there's something or someone out to get you. How they're deciding to interfere with you it could be a million different ways, more than a million, obviously, um, but a myriad of different ways. When it comes to the second one, however, we're really talking about being smart in terms of taking precautions, okay? Because if we go and do something or experience something or try something, and then we don't take the right precautions, is not like we're gonna be attacked, but we're gonna end up getting injured or hurt or something bad's gonna happen. Now, normally, when we at Thoth focus on teaching people basic protection magic, we tend to lumber that in with the ideas of, you know, cleansing and that sort of thing. All of those things really fall into the category, the second category, which is uh, PPE, personal protective equipment. And if you're, on a, an, if you're on a building site, then you might be issued a hard hat, okay? That hard hat is not a helmet like you go off to in battle during the medieval period because people are going to be throwing things at you. It's because there's a potential for things to fall on your head. It's logical, right? It's not someone's act, out to get you, yeah? 
if I'm issued on a building site some chemical gloves or some ear defenders or a respirator or dust mask or something is because I'm defending myself from an environment, a harsh environment, yeah? When I wash my hands and have a shower, you could argue that you're defending yourself from nasty bacteria and stuff. Um, but realistically, what you're doing is you're stopping a build-up of bad stuff, okay? Now, when it comes to protecting yourself in the form of being logical with the environments and stuff like that, what you have to remember is that if you are a practicing magical practitioner of any kind, you're dealing with energy, yeah? You're dealing with actually structural changes within the universe and outside of the universe, i.e. you are almost like a builder on a fucking building site, yeah? You're getting your hands dirty, strange stuff is happening, yeah? And you may not fully necessarily understand the nature of what it is that you are doing if you're doing magical experiments and the like but what you do need to do is you need to put some effort into trying to understand the things that could potentially go wrong with your magical experiments and your practice and put measures in place that either limits the negative impact on you or stops the negative impact on you now if you know an awful lot about a specific magical practice, then you're going to come up with lots and lots of things that could potentially go wrong with that magical practice, but you're also going to come up with lots of ways that you can stop those things from going wrong, right? Safety measures to be put in place. When you don't understand and you're just dabbling and starting out for the first time, most people tend to teach protection in the form of you'll see the Wiccans do this a lot casting a circle ceremonial magicians all about the kind of triangles of manifestation um and their ceremonial magical swords and all that sort of thing now what they're essentially trying to do is they're trying to create some form of structure for you to understand they're starting opening protections in place in the middle and then closing, banishing, that sort of thing, is logical. We, it is the equivalent of getting all your PPE on, personal protective equipment, suiting up. You're all suited and booted and you're ready to do something, right? In the real world, you don't necessarily need to go through loads of processes for protection and stuff like that, okay? You don't need to be all suited and booted all the time. I don't need to put on chemical gloves, a respirator, um and a bunch of other stuff to go to the shops, do I? No, it doesn't make any sense to do that. If I wanted to, I could, but I don't really want to do that, and you don't tend to see that many people going about doing that. When it comes to protective magic, you'll see this quite a lot, is they'll they're taught some basic structures for things, but because they don't really understand how those structures work, how those forms of protections work, and what they're supposed to protect against, a lot of the time, they just put on the rigmarole of, well, once I went to a building site and they made me put these gloves on, ear defenders, a hard hat and some goggles, and now I wear those every time I leave the house. I would wear them in the house, but it's difficult to have a shower with those on, you know. Um, 
you know, that is what you've got to think about. And you'll see this a lot within the pagan community in particular with all of these rituals and stuff like that where they put so much effort into forms of protection but they don't really fully understand what they're protecting themselves against because they don't fully understand what they're doing because they're just copy and paste in some ritual that someone else has showed them more often than not okay now some of the hard and fast rules of protection or thoughts that you need to go away and mull over and really think about you know the first is that realistically speaking you're only ever really going to be able to defend yourself against attacks that you understand okay so if you're trying to create some sort of barriers or wardens or anything like that to protect your home from some sort of negative impact of energies whether that be your uh a living room or lounge becoming some kind of subway or motorway for the local spirits that like to wander through, whether it's trying to create barriers to protect the inhabitants of your house, so such as your family and things like that, from any unwanted spells being cast in the direction, you know, all these sorts of things. Realistically, you're only going to be able to protect yourselves against the levels of magic i suppose you could say i mean it's not a great way to say it but the levels that you're personally able to understand and work okay now you need to remember that because there's always a bigger fish which basically means that you could throw yourself into lots of different forms of protection and really be really 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 good at magical protections from a theoretical perspective but ultimately, there's always going to be workarounds, okay? So really what we need to think about is we need to think, and this is how I've always talked since far before me and Chris started doing the whole Foth thing, when I used to mentor people one-to-one, -one, which was more apprentice style, I used to always teach here is the theory of something. Go and explore this theory. Here are some experiments you can do. Oh, you've done something. Tell me what you've learned. Tell me how this has reshaped your paradigm, how you feel this all works, okay? And then tell me how you could defend against something like this if it was being used negatively against you. So when people first start to learn spellcasting, Obviously, there are good spells and bad spells in the form of you can do spell work for healing magic, spell work for new jobs, money magic, all that sort of thing. But at the same time, you can go and fuck a bitch up, you know? So if you understand the basics of spellcasting, you should understand without realistically being told how you stop someone from casting a hex or curse on you if it's a specific type of basic spell. If you know how to make a charm bag, then you know how to stop a charm bag from interacting on you or the person, you know? Reverse engineering and defending against something. Now, very often, people get very carried away with stereotypical forms of protective magic. Much like in the mundane world, people get very carried away with combat okay people think i need to defend myself 
from something bad from happening in my life and being attacked in some way, shape or form, I'm going to go and learn a martial art. And very often you need to think, is that realistically going to protect yourself? Well, the vast majority of self-defense, as I can tell you, probably won't. We can go into that in a later date. I think I've got one planned on that specific area of magic because um, we're linking that to the astral world and stuff like that. And I don't really want to go into too much about that because we're just keeping it basic for now. But ultimately, if you end up going and learning a martial art and, you know, much like the Dark Virgin, one of our patrons, who goes and does uh, become some cool ninjutsu person that can strangle a bitch out on the floor, is that gonna is that gonna protect you from viruses on your computer? No, probably not. Is that gonna protect you from someone pulling a gun out? Probably not. Is that gonna take you from germs and bacteria? No, probably not. I see quite a lot of the time people thinking they understand protection in the form of, well, I understand that I can do warding, or I understand that I can strengthen my aura. Or I understand that I can put little deflective measures in place, the old horseshoe above the door and all of that sort of thing. And what they fail to understand is that may be somewhat useful in protecting against one or two specific types of purposeful attack. And it may be somewhat useful with protecting yourselves against, you know, general energetic issue so the second one which was obviously kind of environmental problems that can give birth or give way to bigger issues that would potentially cause harm now i'm going to tell you a little story i think it might have been one that i've given before on a case file but i can't remember whether i did so i'm going to retell it anyway and that was the misdiagnosis by a psychic. Now, this is a psychic medium, uh, someone that's got natural mediumship, has never really taken it much further. And she called me in because she was having a lot of problems in her house, okay? She lives there with her husband and three kids, two boys and a girl, all of them quite energetically charged, all quite fiery-esque individuals, and all, you know, fairly psychic naturally to a certain degree. None of them ever been trained, but essentially they leak energy constantly. Now, this person, I'm not going to name who it is, obviously, but this person called me in because they thought that there was something weird going on. They thought it might be a negative spirit or something along the lines. I walked in the house and immediately I was caught by the overwhelming sense of it's kind of like when you walk into a walk-in freezer, freezing. Or if you open the door on your oven and you get a waft of heat. It is literally the energy that was building up, that was stuck and stagnant in that house was unbelievable. Because essentially a lot of the time that sort of energy is how poltergeists come along. And they did have some problems with objects and stuff moving and stuff. But, you know, he didn't quite get to that point luckily. But what they'd done is although the family are quite psychic and they can sense energy and stuff like that. What they did was they followed basic procedures of I'm going to use some sage and then I'm going towards the house, put perimeter defences in the house because they'd have read that in these stupid bloody Wiccan books. And what happens there? Well, obviously, 
you've blocked all of the exits, you've blocked all of the energy, but the source of the energy, which happens to be all of the people in the household, is currently leaking and then filling up, like if you run a bath and put the plug in the bath, that water in that bath, just the water level gets higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Now, the bath obviously eventually, if you don't take the plug out or stop the water from coming out the tap, will it just overflow and flood your house? Um, where is the energy going to go though when you yourself have blocked all of the exits? Where's that energy that's leaking out of you and your family going to go? It's just going to build up and the pressure of that energy is just going to build up and up and up in that house. And then they wonder why so many people were having a problems with each other and arguments and stuff like that were happening. And all we needed to, to do was to create, go the whole kind of, as they explaining Feng Shui, understand the flow, natural flow of the house, the energetic flow of the house, and put basic protective measures in place that are breathable and most importantly, logical, okay? Also, very important to work on the hygiene, because if all of these people are exuding a lot of energy, then it probably means that they should be doing some work with it, or they need to be taking measures to balance themselves out, which is exactly what we did, and then there's no more problems. Now, this is one of those things that sensitive people, people that understand energies, and they've gone through the whole system of understanding the basic underpinning energies much like learning letters then letter sounds and then being able to produce words and stuff like that when you work learn a language yeah when you do that with energy then you're able to sense and understand the different types of energy where they come from and what they do and see the direction of them i could see all of the leaking and where it was coming from and i could see what type of energy and to a certain extent, you could also see who were the worst culprits in the house. Now, with this, this was just something as simple as basic hygiene, okay? So if they'd have gone through their cleansings and their balancings, none of this would have happened, okay? Now, when it comes to protective forms of magic, your most important, ground one, level one, is your sensory net. What do I mean by that? You and your understanding of yourself and the component parts of yourself, whether that be physically, mentally, or spiritually slash energetically. We'll say energetically. Spiritually sounds kind of all uber kind of almost religious or wishy-washy new agey, doesn't it? Obviously, sound mind, understanding you, your own thoughts, your own personality, if you understand the base level of that, you're going to understand when thoughts and stuff pops into your head or feelings and stuff that aren't characteristically yours. There are people that can sense and pick up on energy. If you feel fear, someone that understands their own selves, their own emotions and that will be able to quite easily distinguish, is that fear? me scared or is there just fear in the room okay which is extremely important particularly when dealing with the spirits and the like that run on that kind of an energy that exude it and feed upon it okay now with regards to 
understanding that that's something that we always take people through development normally we do it not in an official capacity as in we're going to say we're going to help you build your sensory net what we do is trick people into doing it because helping with people's psychic development helping with people's spell casting interacting with energies and manipulating energies and as well as all of this astral stuff and learning about the various different energetic bodies and stuff that's mapping that's mapping and also you using magical muscles that you don't normally use okay and once you build up that that automatically enables you to feel okay I can feel what's wrong, where something's coming from. I feel a little sick. Why do I feel sick? Well, I've come down with a little bit of a cold. That's why I'm sick. It isn't someone casting a stupid fucking spell on me. It's just the fact that I've got a cold. You know, that sort of thing. And also it, it highlights when other things and other things enter your energetics. And if they come from an external direction. You can feel the impact of a curse or a hex or a jinx or anything like that. You can actually feel it. And you can feel, depending on how good your mapping system is and how much you understand it, depending on how you feel the impact and where you feel it coming from, will also give you an indication as to what level that person's working on. Or I shouldn't say what level. What type of magic they are utilising okay if you can feel and you understand that your astral body is out of whack and there's problems going on the chances are they're probably using some form of astral assault yeah if you walk into a, a room in your house or you walk into a building or something like that and the energy is out of place and you feel the trapping of the energy then you could say i understand that someone's being a uh, tinkering here They've been confining some energy in this. They've made a cage and they're either filling it with energy or energy is just starting to accumulate here. Kind of like on the road when it starts raining and one or two of the drains are blocked, the road floods. You'll be able to notice these things and be able to better diagnose. What you shouldn't be doing is going and trying to learning all of these different types of magical assaults and things from a book and then trying to learn counters for it, which is very much what the books normally try to teach you. And the reason for that is that your ability as a magical practitioner to overcome these obstacles, problems, and diagnose them in the first place is going to depend on your level. You are going to be using your level of understanding and magic to diagnose these things and come up with fixes. And if you only ever can diagnose on a flowchart style, do you have this symptom? Oh, well, it must be this. Without really understanding how to run tests, how energy works, how any of this stuff works, then you are going to be a pretty crap magician and one easily bested. Because it only takes one person to think a little bit outside of the box and hit you with something you've never even dreamed of before. And certainly something that you won't find in any of the books. Okay, so with regards to protection, the best thing to do is to start thinking about, okay, every time you learn a new technique, every time you learn how to cast a new type of spell 
or you come across a new type of energy or you meet a new type of spirit or anything like that. So think about how cool that is and its uses, but also think about how it could be used against you. And how would you know it was being used against you in the first place? How would that manifest? That's an extremely important one. No one ever asks this, okay? No one, I rarely ever see anyone. Instead, what I see is, <gasps> you've been cursed, you need a curse reverse spell that probably involves a candle you know, because it always bloody does. Um, what you can think of then, because again, I've already said moves and counter moves, you can assess someone's magical aptitude and you can really go and screw with them. And you can make it surgical, like a scalpel, and actually go and do the damage that you want to do, or you can toy and play with your food, okay? Both of which are two different approaches but both of which are also important because if you want surgical precision, a surgical strike, you want to get a job done. You wanted to make sure that it 100% is effective and you want it done quickly, possibly instantaneously, okay? Whereas other forms of things, particularly when it's some sort of lesson to be learned or you're trying to teach someone a magical lesson or you're trying to uh, make someone's life a living hell or something like that, those sorts of attacks, Maybe you're wanting to do something that doesn't go too far, like a jinx. It might be fun if someone falls over off of a ladder, but you don't really want them to fall off of a ladder at the rung where they're going to fall off and kill themselves. You just want them to fall off and hurt themselves a little bit, you know, that kind of thing. Making sure things don't go too far. Scalpel, surgical precision, surgical strike. You're able to do that when you understand more and more and more about the magical side of things and how it all works, and experiment, okay? So always be thinking about your current level of understanding. Whenever you find something new, you need to think about applications that you might like to use them for, whether they be positive or negative, but you also need to think about actually, pretty much anything can be weaponized. You know, there is a stupid idea that certain things are good and certain things are bad. And that really is not the case. People often equate, oh, money magic, that's good. Oh, love magic, that's good. Oh, hexing and cursing, oh, that's bad. When in reality, if you really wanted to hurt someone, why don't you go and do a love spell and make them fall in love with someone that they have no help in hell of ever getting? And then when they cry themselves to sleep at night, really, really, really wanting this person that's never going to be interested in them. That's a curse in itself. But that was love magic you used to do that. You know, you've got to be thinking about things in a kind of sadistic way. And if you can think about things in a sadistic way, you'll be really good at healing. And you'll be really good at diagnosing and fault finding magical problems. Because you see the, the good, and then you also see the bad. Okay. As they say, there is really no such thing as evil magic. And you could think about that in terms of, well, there's no such thing as evil magic because the universe couldn't give a shit. Or there is no such thing as evil magic because evil doesn't truly exist. Or there is no such thing as evil magic because, well, everything can be used for good or evil. You know, all of those things. Have a little think about that one. But anyway, common forms of defense. 
come about because magical practitioners do not get past an uberly simplistic basic stage. I'm not talking about people that have reached a foundation in magic because people that have reached a foundation in magic can do all sorts of crazy stuff. If you've reached a foundation in magic or practice, as far as we're concerned, you're probably going to be in the top 90% of magical practitioners in the world because most people never even get there. But the people that dabble what they tend to find is they can get a little bit of a spell working, you know, they can, ah, I know what I want to do, I've managed to get on the astral realm now, I've managed to make a link in a poppet to a person, and I'm going to start working on that person through the poppet by getting some spirit allies or getting some energies and packaging it up and firing it through that connection and making it cause a havoc, okay, that's super basic, that's extremely easy to defend against, okay, it's also easy to sense when people are doing that. So, kind of brings me on to my point. Spell casting in any way, shape or form is not intermediate nor advanced magic. When it comes to offense, offensive, destructive, maleficent magic or defensive magic, spell casting will only ever be basic. There is no intermediate to advanced forms of spell casting, offensive magic or defensive magic. Reason for that is that you are packaging up and controlling energy. Okay, it is a lot like a tennis match. You are firing a ball at someone with a racket. Now, when you're firing a ball, a hex ball, let's say some sort of hex energy ball, something like that, at a mundane, you're throwing it and firing it at someone without a racket. That's going to do a lot of damage, yeah? When you're firing it against someone that knows a little bit about tennis, they're going to know enough to defend themselves. They might not know enough or be able to react quickly enough to be able to fire it back and hit you back. Okay, but when you're dealing with someone that actually knows a little bit about tennis and has played with tennis, they're probably going to be able to, when you fire that ball at them, deflect it back at you and then some. Okay, so no defensive situations, no defensive magic or offensive magic are really worth relying on if you're trying to defend yourself from anything low level, either that be spirit or magical practitioner. All of the defensive magical books that you find or chapters on protective magic and stuff like that, they'll cover warding, they'll cover curse reverses, they'll cover all this sort of thing. Well, actually, no. They'll protect you against mundanes, they'll protect you against probably the equivalent of the minimum wage workers of the astral world and they'll protect you against mediocre magical practitioners. They will not, however, protect you against anything other than that, okay? It's sad, but it's true. <laughs> so where should you spend your time? Well, you should spend your time, or in my opinion, you should spend your time concentrating on understanding what is the logical step for defense? 
So we understand if we're utilizing a lot of energy and stuff like that. If I work on a production line making fish sandwiches, I is gonna stink of fish. I think I'm gonna probably wash my hands before I start doing the, the fishy sandwich making. I'm certainly gonna wash my hands 10 or a dozen times after making the fishy sandwiches because otherwise I'm gonna stink of fish, right? Think about that. You need to think logically about if you're utilizing specific types of energy, is that energy harmful to me? Do I need to put some sort of barrier between me working with that energy, uh, between me and that energy? You know, ceremonial magicians' magic circles are a good example of that. Um, not the best example, but they are an example of that stereotypically mainly because most people don't understand ceremonial magicians magic circles but i did do a video about that somewhere in the witchcraft live group and it involved playing with a bunch of um i think they were porcelain dogs or something like that i don't know you can probably search for it somewhere um if you're retaining energy and by retaining energy that's doing it in an unbalanced way maybe you're working too much with quite negative or strong forms of magic and that's having a negative impact uh a negative uh, a negative impact on your energetic makeup and therefore your mentality psychology physical body all of that then you need to start thinking about is that cleansing work do i need to when i start utilizing a specific energy or only dealing with one energy current do i then have to start cleansing that and working with another energy current that balances it if i'm all very mars and working with mars all the time might end up starting to be more and more aggressive more and more short-tempered more and more wanting to do constantly movement all of that sort of thing maybe you need to counter that by actually working a little bit more jupiterian building not so destructive more about the building more about the sitting more calmer yeah kingly types not the warrior who's running around with a sword wielding that all of the time and shouting at people more the king that's directing and sat down stagnant and carefully thinking energies spells jupiterian spells very often confused with mercurial spells but they're also extremely they're very structured okay Whereas martial types of spell work, martial types of magical workings, very often very busy, very active, lots of movement, not necessarily physical movement, or that can involve that, but definitely energetics that move quickly. Okay, all of these things, you need to start linking to your magical practice. Now, a lot of people are going through the stage, like I kind of already said, of trying to learn all of these energies, what they do in their natures, and then seeing those natures reflected in them when they start overusing or you going in a specific direction all of the time. Everyone is imbalanced. We come into this world unbalanced and we do our best to balance ourselves. Okay, so there we go. Thinking about imbalances. Are wardings, defensive magical practices, useful? Yes. Do I have any? I use the odd one or two. 
I set more up for people that I know than I utilize myself, but that's mainly because it's just helped to protect the mundanes from problems. But ultimately, you need to think about why are you protecting yourself from that? Now, we are a part of a community, and I don't just mean witchcraft life. I mean a magical community in this physical world. So we have to deal with the fact that there are other people and things here. Some of those people and things are nice. Some of those people and things we get on with. Some of those people and things don't like us for no apparent reason. And then every now and then accidents happen and friction is created because we, dis we don't understand each other's cultures and things like that. Hence the whole idea of working with the Fae and that sort of thing, where you end up doing something that you thought was fine, but then you go and offend something or someone who ends up causing a trouble for you, right? Defensive forms of magic for your general house should very often mirror the natural defenses of your house. In your house, I'm going to talk about my house, in my house I have this thing called a toilet which is connected to the sewer. It means getting rid of all the nasty shit, quite literally, so that it doesn't all back up and stay in the house. Your forms of protective magic for not just yourself in the form of cleansing and hygiene, but also for your house and environment, the places where you work in, you know, particularly if it's magical work, you need to create some sort of system. And there will be a natural system that you can maybe just edit a little bit or supercharge or build up. But understanding that and the flow and how that works, you can create and it's worthwhile creating some sort of ventilation system. Now, your front door, you have a front door. Maybe you lock it, maybe you don't lock it, but you've probably got a front door. And that just stops anyone from really sneaking in, okay? If someone really wanted to, they could probably smash down your front door. They're probably not going to because A, why would they? Burglars often don't take that approach. You'll notice burglars take the approach of being a little bit smarter than that. They don't tend to knock the door down necessarily. They tend to want to be tricking people. Maybe they put on workmen's high-vis jackets back up to your window, remove the window, steal your stuff, put the window back, something like that, so that everyone just looks at the window and thinks all your neighbours think, ah, they must be getting some work done, they're having some new windows replaced. I use that example because I've seen that happen on multiple occasions. I used to work for an insurance company and that was a big thing. Um, a direct assault Yes, direct assaults do happen, but you need to think about what or who is likely to directly assault me. And if some specific person or thing is likely to do that, then you need to design defensive measures and barriers in place to stop that specific thing. You don't need to stop everything, just really that specific thing, okay? Hopefully I've given you enough to kind of mull over and think about. Um, but ultimately, although I'm trying my best to work on an introductionary basic protection course for the Thoth Mystery School, it's a very difficult thing because protection and defence 
is one of those things that is based on logically what you're going to expect to find. Things like love magic and money magic and basic spellcasts and stuff like that. Very often people go into those sorts of magical practices because they are interested in that. They go into money magic because they may have a lot of clients with money problems or they may have money problems themselves. They go into love because they're called to do that sort of work, perhaps. You know, protection is one of those things that you could make a very good living out of providing protective services for other magical practitioners or for mundanes and stuff like that. But it's also one of those things that everyone's expected to know a little bit about, you know, same with the psychic work. So you need to think, actually, yes, protective magic is an art form but the only way to get really good at protective magic is to really understand all forms of energies all types of magics so that then you work around or you can counteract the misuse of those systems and protection from my perspective, when I've ran courses on it, it's mainly been problem solving. It's mainly been, here's a problem, I'm gonna hit you with a problem, now you're gonna to have to defend yourself or fix that problem, okay? I tend to teach via that, because that way you're used to, not the theory of how does one create a ward? Really, you're used to the real life situation of, ah, something bad's just happened to me. Now I've got to work it out exactly what the bad thing is, how it's affecting me and how I stop that. That is how you learn protection, which is, again, one of the reasons why me and Chris don't tend to make it a big deal. What we do is we teach specific lessons in protection as and when they crop up in the magical practitioner's one-to-one -one mentoring. If someone goes and picks a fight on something and then they end up having their ass kicked, at that point, we not only learn a little bit about whether that was such a good idea in the first place, but we also learn a little bit about how one would protect themselves from that. You see, it's logical. It's how it always used to be. This whole defense against the dark arts type bollocks is very Harry Potter-esque because it involves you thinking around that good versus bad paradigm. It involves you thinking about this is a good type of energy, this is a bad type of energy. And realistically, it's not really the case. So there we go. I've talked a little bit about protection. Batten down the hatches is actually an old saying that refers to on old ships, they would have hatches. I think it was used mainly for ventilation, almost like windows. And what they used to do is put tarpaulin over the top of them and use ballast or timber and actually lock them in place when there were stormy seas, bad problems to stop all the water from lapping up and going inside the hull of the ship. I believe that's where the expression comes from. So stormy seas are a coming, which basically means batten down the hatches, which basically means we got to protect ourselves from an oncoming storm, which in this case, we're talking defensive magic. I'm going to go and pick on something, and I know that thing is going to come after me. Therefore, best batten down the hatches, you know? Or, I'm going to enter into this or go exploring 
I better take precautions because I don't want to climb Mount Everest in just a t-shirt and a pair of jeans. Because otherwise the harsh environment is definitely going to get me. There we go. Right, we'll leave it there. So hopefully I've given you something to think about. If anyone wants to ask any questions, then obviously I'm always here and Chris is always here to try our best to answer them. So thank you for listening and goodbye.